How could life, a working life, be meaningful? For most of history, work was not a topic of sustained reflection, but because it seemed at once so simple, so inevitable, and so unpleasant, it was overwhelmingly focused on the provision of basic food and shelter and offered next to no stimulation of spiritual reward. At best, one could describe it as a backbreaking and desperate curse. The modern age begins with hope. By the 18th century, work has diversified, certain trades were growing more prosperous, others less exhausting. Humans began to step back and ask themselves questions, how was work organized, what was it for and what might be its future? There was a new self-consciousness and inquisitiveness. The French encyclopedia that set out to condense all human knowledge was published in 32 volumes between 1751 and 1772 devoted a third of its entry to work. With the help of elegant forensic illustrations, it described hundreds of occupations at unusual depth. There were substantial entries on pipe organ making, turning and lathe work, baking and sugar refining, paper making and book binding, tanning and soap making, mining and metallurgy, porcelain and pottery manufacture. There was a grateful childlike fascination to the entries. Humanities was waking up to how beautifully specific and skilled its labors could be. There were people in workshops who understood exactly how to manipulate the 40 different kinds of tools required to make a saddle. A relatively everyday object like a bed emerged as a piece of intricate engineering demanding admirable degrees of training and experience. The production process of your cheese was more interesting than most novels. 200 years later, in a comparable spirit of investigation, the American photographer Bill Owens traveled around Southern California photographing an eclectic range of people at their work then married up their portraits with their reflections on the activity. The tone was less heroic. Much of the work we do remains minor, pathetic and disconnected from higher ambitions. But it conveyed an equal fascination with the devotion sacrifice our labors demand. I got tired of selling water beds, so I opened a beanbag store. Water beds were just a fad. A dirty Sally night club, I earned $80 night a tip as tips. Everyone is here to have a good time at the disco, drink and pick each other up. The outfit is just the part of the job. It helps me get better tips and I'm careful not to get too familiar with the customers. As a theoretical physicist, I generally don't tell people what I do. It's useless explaining because unless you know about the subject, it's it's mysticism. Some of my mathematical problems take a year or more to solve. I carry them around with me, so really, I'm working at the time even when I'm in bed. Being a salesman is easy. It's fun to manipulate people to get a reaction to find out what they're at. I used to be in management. I hated it. All I want to do is sell furniture. We understand so much more about who we are at work, but we still grapple with questions of what work is and what it might properly aim at. We are still in search of philosophy of work. We might begin like this. What we call work are all the efforts we make to compensate for what nature doesn't automatically or easily provide us with. 
we work in order to reduce particular sorts of pain and increase particular sorts of pleasure that nature did not on its own take care of the history of work is the record of all the systematic techniques and processes we had to devise to make life more bearable than it would otherwise have been nature didn't provide sufficient food on trees and in bushes and so we started to plant seeds nature left us shivering in our natural state and so we began sewing every time human encounter a failing in nature we try to invent a tool every tool is an instrument to extend our command over an indifferent environment in the service our in the service our needs when we hear the word tool certain sort of objects tend to come up in mind we couldn't carry sufficient quantities of water in our cupped hands and we devised the bucket we couldn't deliver enough force in our fists to smash a stone and we invented the hammer but we define a tool as anything we devise because nature hasn't granted us a part to act in a particular way on the world far more things are tools than the simple mechanical objects we tend to associate with the term a book is a tool to collect our ability to hold a great number of ideas in memory a painting is a tool to preserve an impression of the beauty of the night sky or the underside of clouds at dusk a holiday is a tool to organize a succession of satisfactions relating to foreign climate or culture a religion is a tool to foreground certain ideas of mortality and consolation that might otherwise disappeared from our vacillating minds civilization is the summary of everything we have ever devised to counteract the harshness and discomforts of our natural condition the centuries show humans learning to invent an even more complicated range of tool to address ever more subtle and complicated needs we have moved from devising tools for simple aspects of survival to tools that address our aspirations to flourish along the way we made a striking discovery that coming up with and operating certain tools might at points be very pleasurable this was a surprise for most of our time on earth work has been no fun at all It has been repetitive, physical, arduous and mentally unstimulating, which is why the aristocratic assumption had always been that once money allowed, one would down tool at once and devote oneself to leisure. No rich person would ever think of continuing to work in order to address the needs of others. But at the dawn of the modern world, humanity became conscious of forms of work that even while we generate money, through being useful to others also stimulated and rewarded those who undertook them one might please oneself and one's audience satisfying work begins with an insight into happiness what later gets called an enterprise a profession or a trade at the outset just as just an idea about increasing pleasure or decreasing pain we start the long journey towards work when we spot something that we would like to like others to enjoy or a friction or discomfort we would want to remove from their lives for example we notice how interesting it tastes when a sandwich is made with a particular variety of oil and lemon or we see how stimulating the very old and the very young find it to spend time together and wonder how they could do so more regularly or we spot that there is a height above the knee where a hem hangs that is especially beguiling 
an insight into happiness could begin when we think of combining two earlier disconnected attempts to pleasure perhaps a delicate high voice can be married up with a deep bass set within a piece of music and length of choral mass maybe the way they handle wool in norway can be twinned with the way they treat metal in northern italy or we can be challenged to deep in a sort of happiness that is already present but in a relatively undeveloped form perhaps a comedian routine could be taken into a new level if it could also expand some leading ideas from science or we are stuck by an impediment to happiness that risks us especially why do we need to spend so much time filling out forms why can't the system automatically reorder a part couldn't we arrange it so that the machine would leave no residue The unintended pleasure we identify might be very personal and apparently little known. It can require courage to imagine that it would ever matter to other people that our secret satisfactions and frustrations might have direct equivalence inside strangers. Successful work requires taking an intelligent guess about the lives of the audience. In the minds of geniuses, wrote Emerson, we find our own neglected thoughts. and one could add in perceptive businesses we find our own neglected pleasures and pains addressed they know us better than we knew ourselves what we call profit being the reward for understanding an aspects of human nature ahead of the competition but insight into happiness is not on its own yet work work is everything we need to do to turn insight into stable nameable reproducible and ultimately tradable things to turn a particular kind of berry exposed to the sun into the tool we call a jam a particular harmony into the tool we call a song to turn a sequence of idea into the tool we call a college course every pleasure needs to be worked on farmed pruned cultivated and arranged into an assembly line when we think of all work as a matter of tool building the distinction between art and commerce disappears in an illuminating well in the 1880s the largely deserted drugged coast of normandy was visited by the impressionist painter claude monet he was particularly attracted to the cliffs near the village of atret many local people and one or two rare visitors must occasionally have had the fleeting thought that this was a charming place and they drew up a fishing boat on the sands or collected the iodine rich kelp What distinguished Monet is that he sought to place his pleasure on a solid footing. He waited for hours from a variety of vantage points until just the right sort of lighting emerged from the reflection thrown up by the crashing of the waves, and then tried to rest, fix, and render more tangible his pleasure in a series of tools we now call impressionist painting. but receptive antenna highly attuned to pleasures and pains are not the exclusive possession of the people we call artists another way of capturing the beauty of the cliffs faces of normandy was pioneered by entrepreneurs who in the latter part of the century raised loans from parisian banks in order to construct imposing static tools for appreciating views of cliffs complete with large plate glass windows bellboys and balconies and that we call in shorthand hotels
it's in the nature of most jewels that they can't be made alone work is touching to behold when we see a wide variety of people of different ages and temperament physical builds and capacities united by a single name for example when a gruff handyman door accountant she re-instructor bland marketing agency we're government inspector and temporary cook all come together to create the tool we call a school or a kindergarten given what we know of human nature how conflictual tricky and individual we can be it is redemptive to see that we are also at points capable of laying aside our differences in the name of unitary mission each of us considered singly may not be such an impressive thing but we rise to the grandeur of the projects we collectively engage in a cathedral turns the humblest stone mason into a servant of the sublime at the same time our work gives us an opportunity to escape from some of the normal difficulties of being ourselves it imposes a requirement that we are be professional which might sound inauthentic and deceptive but can in truth provide a welcome alternative to the intractable difficulties thrown up by our deepest selves for a few hours via our work we can lay aside the doubts of agonies in our inner lives and experience a simple more one dimensional but also more decisive and logical way of being we can enjoy a professional atmosphere where not everyone feels it's their duty to be uncensored correspondents of their every mood after an emotionally turbulent weekend we may welcome monday morning for the most straightforward image it returns us of ourselves and at its best work allows us to park what is most valuable about us most creative sensible kind perceptive in an object or institution that that is more stable and accomplished than we are we may vacillate vacillate get cross fall into doubt behave pathetically but with any luck the tool we make will be a no trace of our weakness the good tool gives no hints of the frailties of its maker the very definition of sound work is that it should be better than the person who made it it should also ideally not fall apart so easily we have to die but it might go on continuing to deliver pleasure or alleviate pain when our name has long been erased it constitutes a victory of sorts over the forces of entropy and extinction all this said there is so much that can stop us from finding the work that would help us flourish we might not have the courage to think about the about what is missing from the world or to follow any of the insights into the nature of happiness we might fall back on a feudal mindset in which we assume that some people are allowed to develop their version and others by some arbitrary rule or not a hard submissive childhood may school as in resignation without any plans increasingly afraid of survival we may panic and fall prey to the plan of others losing sight of the contours of our unique mission the education system doesn't help for years we are given instructions in a random range of skills but without an overview of our of what our lives might really amount to and what work is ultimately about we aren't helped to fathom what we in particularly are interested in how it might map onto what is possible in the world we lack a career counseling service that could combine detailed explanations of available work with help in understanding our faint and untrained signals of enthusiasm a service that would track down the fertile zone in which the needs of the world and our aptitudes connect a service to highlight the sparks of genius inside every one of us so that we might one day contribute to a tool that counts and die without regret the pain of modernity here as in so many other fields is that we have raised expectations without teaching ourselves how we might meet them 
to have left ourselves unaided in a painful intermediate zone between expectations and reality we need no longer toil like our ancestors we take the right to discover the tools that could redeem each of us even as we diminish the servings and raise the pleasures of strangers